I wanted to start the episode like this. Okay. Sup, fuckers. <laughs> All right. Well. I'm <laughs> Welcome to The Takes It Took, a movie podcast. We talk about movies. We talk about movies. Oh, I didn't <laughs> do that. I squirmed in my little seat a little. He's browning. I'm browning. Damn. Oh my God. Yeah. This, is like, this is like Stefan's browning phase. So like these few episodes. I've gone through my browning phase and- Slowly shifting into my EP head phase, which for those of you don't I'm know, in it. I'm already in the EP it's boy sleepy phase. head, but without an SL. Anyways, <laughs> hey, we're we're gonna be talking about a movie called Gremlins today. If you didn't tell by the title, assuming you read the title, can but, you uh, read? <laughs> I'm illiterate. Well, good thing because you don't have to read what we say. We just talk. So sorry. I'm glad I informed you what the movie was. But first, what we like to do is have a little story recap corner. Where well, we, are uh, we going to talk about what movies we watched? Where we talk about some movies that we watched. That's Sorry, that's what I was... Oh, I thought you were talking about like the recap no, of the recap of the movie. Sorry, yeah. I meant like that comes re- after. recap of movies that we watched, not the movies. I see. I'm just too big brain for you. Oh. Mariah, God, movie. Brain go. is so big. Actually, you went first last time. Miles, you go. I watched uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, The Lost Action Hero. Oh, that's why you brought it up, really. Yeah. Um... And oh my god, the idea of a movie villain coming into the real world is horrifying. Yeah, they do be rather immoral. Well, imagine if like, you know, uh, in uh, the the Batman first Joker? one, the first no, not Joker. Oh, are you talking about like Christian Bale one? Yeah, the Christian, yeah, the, the first, Scarecrow. Yeah, the, the fear scarecrow. gas. So imagine if a motherfucker just set off fear gas all across New York. In normal society, he would he would wreak havoc, and there'd be no one who could stop him. Chemtrails, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I read up, man. Things in movies that actually exist. <laughs> Number now, one, chemtrails. And now we're gonna talk about the last thing you'd want <laughs> in your atmosphere is someone's chemtrails. But as it turns out, it might be what you get. <laughs> is that all? Is that all you have to That's, say? I mean. It was funny, but really, because there's a bit near the end where like one of the bad guys gets through the real world, and he just ices a guy. Oh, <laughs> and he ices a guy, and he's like, "Really, no police? No one's gonna come after me? Nobody's gonna do anything about me just murdering this man right now?" And he's like, "This is easy. This is so goddamn easy." And then you're like, "Oh yeah, if there was no one to actually stop villains anymore, you'd be, it'd be chaos." Yeah. So. Stefan and I, one night... Don't rope me into this. Uh, I forget what we were trying to I look up. I joked that we should watch Johnny Carson. You started looking up Johnny Carson, and then I said, look up something with Johnny Cash. And we found this TV movie called Murder in Coweta County. Hidden gem of a TV movie. It was it was free. You can find. I think it was with the Roku channel that, I, that we watched it on. So you gotta have a Roku. I'm trying to figure... What was the year? I think it might be on YouTube, actually. I mean, it's not like it's not like you know, fantastic. But I think it's, it's because we, we, we went in a blind. Um, 
Yeah, so it's from 1983. It's like an hour 40 minutes. It has Andy Griffith as like the bad guy. And the premise is that he's the super wealthy kind of individual who runs the county because he got money and he gets a cow stolen from him. There's like this one guy who's kind of fighting back against him and he gets him mitered. But it's a co- across the county line and Johnny Cash is the sheriff. And so he comes into Coed County um, to basically solve, gather solve all the, the evidence and and pin it on this basically untouchable guy. Andy Griffith mm-hmm. does a great job as a bad guy. I will say yeah. Johnny Cash, I thought going in that it was going to be kind of like bad acting on his part. Fairly decent. Yeah. His wife, June Carter Cash, is in it. She plays like the soothsayer and she's really fun and kooky. And in general, I was very surprised, and I would I would a hundred percent recommend it to people who like that kind of yeah uh, dynamic and that kind of movie. It was a uh, it was a really pleasant surprise. I found myself enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. So any movie where the main villain is a rich capitalist, I'm in. Yeah, Murder in Coweta County. What about you, Stefano? Really good. I'm a stinky little film bro and i watched a russian movie called andre rublev because i like the director andre tarkovsky it's about it's about this russian icon painter so like medieval times in russia which is interesting because russia's had a very rough history when you think about it with the czardom and the the revolution and world war ii and the other revolution i mean even and then the cold war and then now (laughs) They've kind of always been going through it. But this movie talked about like uh, this Russian painter kind of before the Tsardom was like installed. And I just thought it was an interesting time. The Tarkovsky's, this is a film, film term, his mise-en-scene. The way he sets up scenes and organizes things in the frame is phenomenal. It's what he concerns himself the most with. And it's, it's just very pretty uh, the way he does stuff. I like it. I like the vibe. Whatever. The ending was actually very gripping and engaging. I liked it. Does it... Stefan, does it have a cartoon bat in it? He goes, oh, golly. Uh, yeah, he goes, oh, golly. I kick her, sir. I kick her. I kick her, sir. And then Rasputin goes... Anastasia. Anastasia. No, I got it. My mom is going to love that bit. She does a I kick her, Shout sir, all the time. Shout out to Carrie. Shout out to Carrie. Thanks Hi, for Carrie. listening. I'm going to know the second you heard this because you will text me. Text me too. Say hi. Yeah. You don't have my number, but you can text me. Find a way to text my own. Anyways, there was that. But after that, I watched a not Russian movie. A movie that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about today, guys. (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie with Kevin James. No, he's not in it. Kevin Bacon. (laughs) I was like, did I watch the right movie? Um, Yeah. But first, let's, let's give a quick summary. And I do mean quick. Mariah, I'm looking at you. Sorry. Miles, go for it. Okay. <clears throat> a just bad salesman and inventor <laughs> goes to Chinatown to get a present for his son, and then he blatantly st- kind of steals from an old man thanks to the help of the old man's grandson. grandson. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes home, and then he gives his son the... Uh, Mogwai. Mogwai. And then he proceeds to just 
be bad at taking care of this mogwai. Just god awful at it. Yeah. And then the mogwai gets wet. And then he gives the mogwai to a guy. And then he does more dumb, dumb shit. And then it blows up in his face. Right. Um. Yes. When he receives the mogwai, he's told the three rules are no bright light. Mm-hmm. Um. Do not get wet. And do not, under any circumstances, feed it after midnight. And so this kid, Billy, gets mogwai that he names Gizmo. And uh, actually, his dad names it Gizmo. Oh, sorry. And then, um, and then Corey Feldman, little little baby Corey Feldman, comes over and actually knocks a glass of water on him, multiplies, and they're like, "Oh shit, that's mm. what the water thing does." Yeah. And then there's a box of them, and then they're like, "We're hungry, we're hungry, feed us." And Billy looks at his clock and he's like, "Well, it's, it's not midnight, so sure, here's some just raw chicken." And then, um. They eat it and then they go into little cocoons and Billy's like, oh, oh, because he finds out they chewed his clock and they tricked him. And it was past yeah. midnight. But Gizmo was good and did not do it. So then they take one to the high school science teacher. Yes. Then they get birthed into the gremlins. The high school science teacher dies. <laughs> and then... Gets um, a needle shoved right up his ass. Yep. And then the ones at Billy's house escape. And then Billy's mom is a fucking badass and kills like three of them in a row. And I'll talk about that later because I was like phenomenal. But then there's one left and it's Stripe, the guy with the little mohawk. And then he goes to the high school pool and he jumps in and there's just an army of gremlins causing havoc. And then they all go to a movie theater to get out of the sun. And then Billy and his girlfriend blow up the movie theater they bomb them yep and then stripe is still there and then um they it's basically... like uh, inglorious bastards <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's what i was thinking when i was watching it i was like oh they're just gonna do an inglorious bastards bit and then uh stripe is left and then they basically kind of trick him and then they blast him with sunlight and he explodes yeah anyway Gremlins. that's the movie cute clever mischievous intelligent dangerous that is the tagline that is the tagline for this movie they are strapped they got 357 Nine millimeter, forty-five, gonna come shoot chainsaws. You. Chainsaws. They've got claws. Yeah. Mogwai is Cantonese for devil or demon. Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in fourteen. No, 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 don't. I already make that bit. Do not do it. I didn't know do you. Do not were. do that bit. The writer found that Wagwai meant that in a book. That's it. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> You know, no bright lights. Don't feed them after midnight. So, like, I guess they obey time zones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I didn't okay think about that. to feed them again? I, I don't know. Yeah. What is the, like, morning? Yeah. But when does morning start? Yeah. It must be, it must be 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It must be related to, like, when the sun, right? Like, Probably. when it comes up and goes, or something. I don't know. It doesn't Do they it obey daylight sense. saving hours? That's what I'm saying. Like they, like what? Because it, it's midnight somewhere. Yeah. So it doesn't. Whatever. No, that's not actually addressed anywhere. Bogus. I. You know. I, I didn't actually think about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Huh. They're trying to trick them, and they're like, "Oh, we got him." Also, also, real quick before like you get into the stuff, can we talk about how in the movie, anytime Billy shows anybody Gizmo, they don't go, "What the hell no, is yeah. that?" They go, "What's his name?" How cute. I'm like, yeah. if I saw that thing, I'd be like, be like what, what the hell, hell is dude? that? How'd you take, get this? It's not cute. 
It's not that. It's got like a cute little disgusting. When 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 it like focuses on the mouth, especially when they're eating, I'm like, I hate it. I hate his little fucking face. I want to. He's got. (laughs) I want to cave in. Just they don't ask about the questions, and then they don't ask about like just the existence of him. How could they know the questions? He doesn't inform anyone about the fucking consequences. He's just like, here's a mogwai. Here it's yours now. Put it in a cage and do tests on it. I'm not gonna tell you. They got to be stupid for a movie to just go. Yep. Anyway. I fucking hate that guy. I fucking hate that kid so much. Oh, I'm gonna be irresponsible. Shit irresponsible. That's why he doesn't get to keep the gremlin. But speaking of gremlins, let's just introduce some names and numbers about the movie, all so right. I can refer to them later. First of all, had a budget of about eleven million. It made about two hundred and twelve point nine million in the box office. A profit, some might say. This was huge. Big number. This is a huge movie. <laughs> Yeah, good job. Here, you can have a little treat. Take it. Good job. Good job. What time is it? Okay, we're good. He's good. He's good. It's not after midnight when we're recording this. He's safe. This is directed by Joe Dante. He's also worked on Gremlins 2, a movie called The Howling, which, by the way, is where special effects and makeup creator Rob Bottin got his first big break. He worked very prominently on The Thing. He does a werewolf transformation in The Howling that is stunning. Also, Joe Dante directed The Burbs and a movie called Small Soldiers, which is a good movie. Love Small Soldiers. Fantastic movie. Dick Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Dick Miller is a man's name. He's in Small Soldiers and this movie. He plays uh, Mr. Futterman. They They named him Dick. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Small soldiers. Is small soldiers, great. A bunch of puppets. So is this movie. Very similar to Gremlins. In my very opinion. similar, probably because the same director. I think a lot of other people worked on this as well. Like I think even the score, Jerry Goldsmith, okay. done done Small Soldiers as well. Also, there's a, apparently going to be an HBO Max prequel series for Gremlins coming out sometime. Really? And Joe Dante is apparently returning for that as well. Oh, okay. So hey, that like makes neat. it okay. Yeah. What's it going to be about? We'll see. I, I did see something saying, though, that they did want to stick with practical, which if they actually well, do good. that, let's go. Well, I feel let's like, go. I mean, at least Mandalorian has kind of brought back yeah. practical a little bit. So I feel like I Baby hope. Yoda is proof that well, you can actually, make a small um, thing. Baby Yoda was in part inspired by the design, inspired oh, really? by Gremlins. Which yeah. I will say that when we were watching it, I have a Baby Grogu stuffed animal. And I was like, look how similar they looked as we were watching. And I was like, look at the ears, look at the little nose, yeah. the guys. Yeah. It's there. I think there was even talks at one point for lawsuits. I could, because it's like kind of a rip, but I, I don't I think anything came of it. I could cave in Baby Yoda's face, too. I want to cave I, his face in a little less I than a that, I beat but. that little... He's got like a... Okay, I'm, not, I'm done talking about him. This anyway. movie is written by Chris Columbus. Not the 300-year-old one. This guy sailed the ocean Home Alone 2 and landed on Pixels in Christmas Chronicles 2. Oh, he did Pixels? He did Pixels. <laughs> oh, that's a he bad was a, movie. But, okay, but listen to these ones. He was a writer for The Goonies. Good. And Christmas with the Cranks. Two wildly different movies. Only one of them has Tim Allen in a Speedo. So <laughs> take your pick of which one's better. He also directed Home Alone 1 and 2. Mrs. Doubtfire. Harry Potter 1 and 2, as well as Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief, and Pixels. 
But hey, he's got some really good he's ones. He's got in some there. bangers. They can't all be perfect. His stories often revolve around family and losing a family member because he's a sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he is quoted as saying, one of the themes I've always been fascinated by is a character facing the potential of losing family, what that means. Uh, that is a very interesting theory. Sicko. Oh. His father, <clears throat> his father <laughs> worked in an aluminum plant. That's it. <laughs> All right. He went to Tisch School of the Arts in New York with fellow classmates, Charlie Kaufman and Alec Baldwin. If you don't know who Alec Baldwin is, why? I can't help you. Why do they all know each other? They all, well, it's a class made for go, making films, so it makes sense. Oh. Charlie Kaufman did a lot of writing. He does a lot of the kind of like kooky thing. He did Eternal Sunshine of Polished Mind, Synecdoche, New York, being John Malkovich. He does kind of weird, wonky, yeah, weirder movies like that. This movie was produced in part by Amblin Entertainment. Does that mean anything to you guys? Should it? I think you're a little into the solution. A of this little. Question, I'm Amblin. But... I'm ambulating straight to it. It was founded in 1980 by Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Who? Kennedy, huh? and Frank Marshall. Don't know. Okay, so Spielberg. Okay, I, you say that Spielberg, as a joke, but I really only got Steven Spielberg out of that. Spielberg did this movie called. Um, Oh, uh, shark attack. Teenagers. Right, yeah, that was a he great bit, guys. Pat on, Pat's on the back did, all around. Um, oh, okay. Oklahoma Jones. <laughs> that actually something he did, or are you make it up? Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, that's that's kind of kill my vibe. Let's end it there. That's the guy's favorite <laughs> movie. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Oh. He got it. I got to like connect you guys on the radio waves to finish <laughs> your sentences. Okay. Amblin Entertainment. Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall. It was named after Spielberg's first movie called Amblin, which was made in 1968, which is what really got him directing roles and kind of got him out there. So he was a lot to that movie. The first movie they produced was something called Continental Divide. Had John Belushi in it. Not much to note there. The second movie would be Poltergeist. In 1982, which Mariah, as you know, has the same composer as Gremlins does, mm -hmm. Jerry Goldsmith. I'll mm -hmm. talk more about him. Also, the third movie they did would be E.T., actually in the same year as Poltergeist. 1983, they'd produce a little movie called The Twilight Zone Movie that had four shorts directed by Spielberg, Joe Dante, John Landis, George Miller. Landis, who would... yeah. Uh, do you lead, not like the Twilight Zone? No, no John Landis you know would. John Landis would uh, essentially cause the death of a man and two children on his set. Is that the helicopter? That's bit? the helicopter yeah. crash. Oh fuck! Bad, bad news. The kids too were there against California law. And then John Landis wanted the helicopter to. Fly he kept lower. wanting the helicopter to get lower, and still having pyrotechnics launched up around the helicopter while they're flying. And wouldn't you know it, this would uh, mess up the controls and the pilot, and they crashed, and a man and two children died. So that's why I had that reaction. Very, very bad event. That. I knew of the accident. Mm -hmm. John is that, Landis. Is that the take they use? I don't know. Oh <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, they cut around it entirely. Okay. They, don't, they don't have it in there. Can you imagine? That would be horrendous. There was a huge legal issue, sparked a lot of debate. About he called Spielberg, supposedly one night. He called Spielberg and was like, hey, this has happened. I need your help. Spielberg was like, 
my best advice to you is to lawyer up. I'm never talking to you again. That's and what. Then, I, that's then, exactly what I would do. And then hung up. So it it was a mess. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Super cheery. They also Wait. did uh, Gremlins. Amblin Entertainment. All right. Also made the movie Gremlins, as well as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the Back Banger. to the Future trilogy. Banger. Land of the Lost. Banger. And Men in Black. Banger. Miles, I've been shot four times in the chest from all these bangers. Oh, scat. Oh, no. Miles, give me the theme to Gremlins right now. The theme? No. I can't. I don't I remember. actually forgot it, too. I know I like it, though. I just need to hear, like, the first three notes. Okay, shut it off. Shut it off. Shut it off. Shut it off. Jerry Goldsmith did the music. Great. He worked on Poltergeist, Chinatown. Total Recall, Air Force One, Alien, L.A. Confidential, Mulan, The Mummy. Wait, which Mulan? Lots of stuff. The original animated. Okay, I was going to say, if it's live action, I don't care. No, no, no. He died in 2004. <laughs> Come on. He, he ain't doing that one. He ain't doing that one, man. He ain't doing that one. <laughs> he ain't bringing him back for that one. Colin cancer, dude. <laughs> no! No, you can't. This isn't funny. Why are you laughing? You can't just do a Norm Macdonald bit right now. This isn't fun. Oh my god, this one's off the rails. We're also already at 30 minutes. What? Yeah. You're, you're shitting me. <laughs> what? Jared Goldsmith did music, did music for a lot of things. This also has Zach Galligan in it. He played Billy Peltzer, who in 2003 allegedly arrested for shoplifting a CD. I'm sure there's more than you that, Billy. Come on the podcast, tell us. Hey, we've all done it. We've all committed petty theft. Yeah. I know I have. Mara, you can't yeah, Okay, stop. That. We're not going down this road. Stop, <laughs> stop. Um, funny little thing about Zach. At the end, he's supposed to save the day. He's supposed to jump over a flower bed, pull the curtain, curtain string, and the light comes in and it kills Stripe. He's the hero. He watched the premiere and he saw that Gizmo saves the day and he goes up to Joe Dante and he's like, I thought I was a hero. Joe Wait, Dante. Who? Billy. Uh, oh, Zach, Billy. Sorry. Zach Gallagher. Billy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And Joe Dante was like, hey, the movie's called Gremlins, not Billy Pelter's Adventure. Did, oh. Is that really what he said? Yeah. Oh, my God. Roasted. Another actor in this movie, Stripe, he was surprisingly a really chill dude. Wasn't picky, a real trooper. Uh, did a lot of the stunts himself. Stripe? He felt a little misrepresented. But otherwise, he thought like he had to play this role rather than you know leaving it to someone who wasn't. I was so goddamn confused. <laughs> this episode is on end. Did you write that in? You wrote that into your script? Oh my god! I was like, I was like is hey, someone Phoebe, Phoebe Cates? Phoebe Cates. She played the Kate Berenger. Funny uh -huh. Cates. Kate. Um, she's also known for her role in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Also, she is married to Kevin Klein, who, as you know, is yeah. in the Wild Wild West, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild. Wild, wild. Wait, the Fish underwear called? One. No, not that Klein, you fool. That's Calvin Klein. This Didn't is he? Kevin Klein. Yeah. Also, you idiot. Why they gotta have such similar names? On a on a 
side note, you know, he won an Academy Award for supporting actor in Fish sure, Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda but yeah. Wiki Wiki Pretty Wild good. Wild is better. This movie also has There's some loud ass kids it's out. It's Gremlins, okay? It fits the theme. This movie also has Hoyt Axnan as Randy Peltzer, the dad. He was married four times and served in the Navy. <laughs> Uh, people, a trooper, <laughs> a real trooper in every sense of the word. People considered him one of the best casting choices because he's very natural, and he would, in quotes, improvise a lot of his lines because he would just sort of take it and then say it how you would say it. And so people were like, "He was great. He just it was so na- it didn't feel forced at all or fake. Like he was just phenomenal." And he, damn, Kubrick would have loved him. Kubrick would have loved him. Chris Columbus, just the go, writer. Go ahead and listen to our last episode to yeah. get there. Listen to the last episode. Chris Columbus, the writer, was allowed on set sometimes, and he really wanted to see Hoyt Axton because he liked his music. And Hoyt's mother wrote Heartbreak Hotel for Elvis Presley. Now, huh. this is because Hoyt Axton was prominently a folk singer who came about in the 1960s with lyrics like, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. He was a good friend of mine. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Is it, <laughs> is a good friend of mine. Yeah, the, which was later covered by like Three, Three Dog, Dog Night. Night. And uh, he's also got lyrics like, work your fingers to the bone. What do you get? Bony fingers. <laughs> and we can't forget, he only had a dollar to live on till next Monday. He said he wanted heaven, but praying was too slow. So he bought a one-way ticket on an airline made of snow. Did you say you saw your good friend flying low, dying slow? Flying low. Hoyt Axon had a cocaine addiction. <laughs> what? are you doing, yeah, man? Um, what are you doing? He had man? a stroke in '95. <laughs> but hey, why? A why? Lot- why? Why are you doing this to me? A lot of his you songs. Can't, you can't go from oh look at look at the goofy lyrics he wrote to he had a cocaine addiction to he's. Dead. Um, his he songs. Died. I actually like a lot of his songs. He's he's great. Um, a lot of his songs are covered. Never been to Spain, covered by Elvis. No, no song by Ringo Starr was covered, and uh, several others by John Denver, Waylon Jennings, and Glenn Campbell. Joe Dante also casted a bunch of actors for movies he grew up with, like uh, Harry Carey Jr., who was in The Surgers and a bunch of John Ford movies, and Kenneth Toby, who was in The Thing from Another World. Also, Jonathan Banks says kid named Finger. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay, look look up kid named Finger if you, you don't get it. Jonathan Banks played Mike in Breaking Bad and he's done some other things, but that, that was good. Okay. Nobody got that. Re- no. Nobody fant- got that. Re- fantastic. <laughs> Conceptualization. Where did this movie come from? Where doth lie in what Garden of Eden? <laughs> from what rib did the story multiply? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Chris Columbus lived in an apartment loft with mice. <laughs> Oh. They would wake him up at night. <laughs> no. I'm like actually crying right why, now. Why did he say that in the interview? Why is he telling people he had mice crawled all over him? Little gremlin man doing research. 
Anyways, <laughs> it's here that he wrote Gremlins, his second ever script. He would, uh, he would say, there's nothing more terrifying than these tiny little creatures, as him talking about mice. <laughs> but that's... that's uh, He's got a rat problem uh, that makes one of the most <laughs> revolutionary fucking Christmas movies. Like Christmas horror comedy movies. Okay. You little rat man. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> this next stuff isn't going to be funny, so we'll be able to cool down. <clears throat> Gremlins? on a fucking journey yeah <laughs> Hoo -wee. i hope you guys didn't find that annoying gremlins the term uh was something that mechanics primarily in the military especially the air force is what they would blame the their mechanical failures on in part failures to be like oh the gremlins the gremlins are doing it the gremlins are doing it. we see the dad do that in the movie he or not the dad uh futterman like, yeah he's like the gremlins there and when he's drunk and Chris Columbus's dad would specifically do that. That's why he ended up calling them gremlins. But more specifically, gremlins was popularized by a RAF pilot, that's Royal Air Force, during World War II, named Rode Dahl. I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. his name correctly. Roll Dahl. Roll Dahl? There's a D in there, though. That's, published that's what I say when I want the lady <laughs> doing sound to... Go ahead, finish. I just say roll doll. Oh, funny. Like I'm um, some kind of, like, okay, just kill me. The book published later, a book published in 1943 about gremlins by him that uh, mess with planes. He also wrote fantastic Mr. Fox and he's racist or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> All right. I mean, I like fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Roll doll. Yeah. James <laughs> and the giant peach. The BFG. Yeah. BFG. I wasn't a huge are you just talking about the movie or the book? The movie. Okay, you try reading the book. Okay. It's better. Anyways, Chris Columbus, our writer, spent a lot of time in Chinatown in New York as a Charlie student. and the Chocolate Factory. That's a banger. Mom, are you proud Flogged. of me? She's a librarian. Chris Columbus spent a lot of time in Chinatown in New York as a student because he was poor and it was cheap to eat there. And it was the small shops and back alleys that drew inspiration from. Which, just for the beginning? Yeah, just for yeah the beginning and stuff. Which reminds me, if you want to be a good writer, go live. Experience things. Get out there. Have a good time. That's, re you know, whatever. You should always write scripts about things in your life. Which is why yeah. I'm writing a script about a guy with a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is the hesitation. Initially, Gremlins is going to be rated R, hard R. Really? Mom okay. would get mom. Mom would get decapitated. The dog would get eaten, and there'd be Holy a bit where the Gremlins, fuck. the Gremlins are in McDonald's eating people like burgers. Are you Absolutely, hundred percent. You know the basics. Uh, what? They ended up not going that route with it. Clearly, I was like, okay, when you first said that, I was like, oh, maybe it's rated R because. You know, the mom Rambo's three of them and almost no, the, killer, the, the people were supposed to be a lot more brutalized. Well, I mean, the little uh, that old lady who's like the Wicked Witch the of the West, does. she gets yeeted out a window. Yeah, and you Is even, that the you old see, mean lady? I think yeah. that's just some random you No, that's the old mean lady. Oh, okay. Her legs are up kind of like yeah. the Wicked Witch. She got what she fucking deserved. Yeah. Joker? Joker. Um, so we have Amblin Entertainment, who's not 
a baby, but still young, frothing at the mouth a, for a more toddler. Movies. I swear to God. Are they kindergarten age? Amblin Entertainment is frothing at the mouth, much like I am now, <laughs> for more movies to produce. They were taking in dozens of script submissions, and in between the bloodshot eyes and the foam, Steven Spielberg saw gremlins among a pile of 20 scripts or so that he was reading. His mouth turns into a wicked grin when he's reading this candy store before him. What state were you in when you wrote your script for this episode? <laughs> he called it a delightful piece of devilish comedy horror. He went, he went, he went, <laughs> when he saw the script. Also, keep in mind, gremlins was not a common word, so seeing gremlins was kind of like, ooh. It is wild, like, how common it is now. Yeah, because you, know? you often go, oh, my, he's a little gremlin, well, man. I was he's like, yeah. a little gremlin boy. I was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the etymology, and it really didn't come around until, like, the 30s. There's some evidence that it comes from, like, an Irish word, but it's not, like, proven. The Irish? The Irish. It was something like a gremlin, and it was like, it was like a lowly man. Anyways, Spielberg liked it. He would call up a Chris Columbus, a very skeptical Chris Columbus who gets a call from Steven Spielberg, you go, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. It was real. He bought the script. They, uh, they had some discussions, and they decided they wanted to make it a little more audience-friendly. So cu- this was the original draft where, like, they were eating people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he saw, Spielberg saw that and still wanted it, but I think That's with it. the intention of changing it. Um, they wanted a version that was a little more audience-friendly and uh, cut down on the violence a bit. Spielberg also came up with the concept of one of the gremlins not turning bad. Originally, Gizmo was Stripe. Oh. Gotcha. So, hey. Huh. But they decided, hey, we make them not go bad because guess what? Marketability? Marketing, baby. You gotta get that sweet level sidekick, baby. Move, move, move. Push, push, push on to the masses. Get that money. Guys just peeked the fuck out of the audio. Speaking more about the script, Spielberg and... Nearly everyone else wanted the, my dad Santa died in the chimney and his corpse rotted there for a little bit, out of the script. For those of you that don't remember, that's when um, Billy and and his girlfriend are like, are they in the bank, right? And they're like taking refuge there for a second. And then she just launches into this monologue and it doesn't even look like Billy's interested. He's like looking around doing doing other (laughs) shit. And then she's just like, my father died on Christmas. That's why I hate Christmas. And it was like, first of all, haven't established that you hate Christmas. Yeah, no, no. Um, second of all, she um, did they? Did she? Yeah. Was I not oh. paying? T- was I too tipsy for that? Y'all are. What'd she do? Bonkers. What'd she do? Explain. Explain. She basically because earlier she's like a little quicker. Okay, she's talking about how she doesn't like Christmas, and then he's like, "How do you not like Christmas?" She's like, "Okay, someone says they don't like fucking Halloween or they don't like Thanksgiving, and no one bats an eye, and no one bats an eye, <laughs> but society, <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby. But you just say you don't like Christmas, and everyone goes crazy." Yeah. I'll be honest, I maybe was falling asleep while I watched this Ryan one this time. Barely stayed I was this. I was very sleepy. No, because she's like she's some, you know, some people are happy during Christmas, but other people slit their wrists gotcha. when Christmas That's comes. Right. Oh, I remember right. saying and that. I was people, just like, some some people says, are opening, opening presents, presents and others are opening their, their wrists. wrists. Yep. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and I, was like, I remember what that the now. Fuck? And then she goes into her little bit about like how her father died. I'm like, it, it's chaos out there. People are dying. Why now? Why? 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 Wait, did she go into the monologue right after she says the line about slitting the wrists? Because I think maybe no, I was... That, no, that's slitting the wrists is like a, yeah. earlier. Yeah. Okay, disregard what I just said. 
Yep, but they wanted they wanted that out of the script Makes because they're like, it's silly. Are we? Is this supposed to be sad? Or is this supposed to be funny? Get it out of there. Joe <laughs> Dante, there. who would eventually be the director, and Chris Columbus both wanted it in the script because they felt it was the epitome of the movie of being both really dark and just don't silly. Don't think no. it is. Well, because it's like it's like funny, but like it was. I did laugh. in a messed up way. And they're like, I think that's like the epitome of the movie. But I laughed more because it was just such a weird time and place yeah. to do it for such a, a weird death. It was a, yeah. such a left turn and then they just continue on. I was like, does the motherfucker not know that they put things in the chimney so that like rain and debris doesn't enter your home? Do, do they not know that? I guess not because he died there. Spielberg picked the man Joe Donnie to be the director because he'd done horror movies like The Howling and a movie called Piranha, which had subtle winks and commentary. On contemporary culture. Spielberg also said he was able to capture a Norman Rockwellian spirit. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like like no. the like the painter? Like the painter. But like how? Wait, My, what the hell kind of art does he make? He you would recognize okay, so Norman Rockwell, for the people who don't know, makes a lot of just the sort of like classic American art. You would normally see it on like a calendar in a doctor's office. If you look up Norman Rockwell and look at the art, you'll probably recognize it. I'm turning my computer. Oh, okay. Like, look at the, the one. Yeah. yeah. Classic Americana. Classic. And I think that's what Spielberg is getting at here is like the setting and the people are very just like American, like epitome. There's just iconography. American living room. American diner. American theater. It's just very American. He did the, the self-portrait. A lot of artists do self-portraits. Yes, that one. I mean, it, this is the self-portrait, though. I don't know. When I think self-portrait, I think of M.C. Escher's because it's really? really cool. That's actually the first one I thought about, too, to be honest. Well, fuck me, I guess. How about you guys send us a DM? When I say a self-portrait, what artist do you think of? That's, that's drawing talent, Van Gogh, too. I think of him. That's drawing. That actually was pretty decent. Thank you. I like that one. Thank you. Um, okay, sorry. Sidetrack. Anyways, Continue. receiving a small piece of mail from Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante would also assume that it was fake and not meant for him, but uh, realized it was, and they, uh, they, got to, they got together, and they started working on making this movie with the S-Man. A little note on casting. Wait, Stefan. Stefan, we already talked about casting. We already talked about the actors. Who are we going to talk about? We're not talking about them. We're talking about the off-screen actors. We're talking about the voice actors. You guys want to wanna know? Who uh, Gizmo was? Howie Mandel. Nope. Mm, disagree. Howie Mandel did the voice of Gizmo. Hello. Okay. Why, I, I get you it. You say, oh, interesting, Stefan. He must be a voice actor then. He must do a lot. No. He'd never done any voice work before. Okay. Why, why, uh, why do you get this role, Stefan? He's normally known for Deal or No Deal. Why? I know who I mean, I know him more for like America's Got Talent, but yeah, well, like game show stuff. He's a host. He did Deal or No Deal. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, this bald motherfucker did Deal or No Deal. Bald, uh, germophobic. I do know he's he did that one thing on TikTok. We're not going to talk about. Oh my god! Oh, the ice cream? No. Wait, no, 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 no. We're not no, going to no, talk about. No, it. Can no. you guys tell me afterwards? Yes. Okay. But uh, the reason they selected him while Mariah is doing whatever she's doing and it's making me anxious is that uh, he had a baby voice in his like 
stand-up comedy. We no, I, that's what I was gonna look up. Yeah. I think he he had like a show where he would do that voice. He so had that's like why it a, a little a little baby voice. That's why. But my wife, I just stopped. But here, one of the main voice actors who did a lot of the Gremlin voices as well as Stripe is Frank Welker. Means this, nothing to me. This is the guy who voiced Fred Jones and Scooby Doo the dog in Scooby Doo. Right. Now I'm in it. He also voiced Megatron and Soundwave through the Transformers. Okay, now hold Starscream. Autobots. That's Megatron. Autobots. Like. And then Roll Starscream out. comes in and he goes, Yes, Lord Megatron. It sounds like that. He also voiced Curious George, Garfield the Cat, and... Wait, me- I thought... Um- that's Bill Murray in the live-action movies. You're wrong. <laughs> he did many creature me, sounds and many other things like Pegasus and Hercules, Nibbler and Futurama, the Aliens and Independence Day, a lot. He's contributed to over 860 movies, television, and video games. He has a total worldwide box office gross of $17.4 billion. You're telling me this man's a gamer? Yeah. He is the third highest grossing actor of all time. Oh, wow. I don't know. You can figure that out on your own time. Don't you dare look it up right now. <laughs> you fucking called you Michael up. Winslow also voiced <laughs> some of the gremlins. You know him probably from Police Academy. Which He's guy the, from a police academy? The guy? The guy who makes all the noises. He's also known as the man of 10,000 sound effects. Oh, Stefan? Stefan Fonseca? Stefan Fonseca. I'm about to take your throne, man. Watch out. He's also in Spaceballs as a radar operator who makes all the noises himself. You know, the jams, the... I do remember that role. The boops. Yeah. This also has Peter Cullen. What does Peter Cullen do? He voiced Optimus Prime. We have both Megatron and Optimus Prime on this movie. Um, for those of you that don't know, Stefan loves Transformers. All right. Well, so. that's because I'm just a decent human being. I thought you liked Bionicles. I like both of them, dude. You think I got to be? You think I got to be monogamous to one of those? <laughs> My God, we're fifty minutes. By the he's way, he's also voiced Winnie the Pooh. I wonder whose fault oh. that is. He's also voiced. <laughs> <laughs> he's also voiced Winnie the Pooh. Oh, it's Wait, Winnie Pooh. Peter Cullen. That's not Winnie the He's Pooh. voiced Winnie the Pooh, and he also did the sound of the Predator in the Predator movie. The clicking. That's pretty good. He came up with that. He made that noise. I love sounds. All right, we're into production. It began shooting around the second week of April, finished beginning of August of 1983, around 17 weeks, despite taking place in Christmas. What the heck? What a yeah, lie. Yeah, I kind of noticed that the what snow was fake as hell, and especially how... um. When it, they're bundled wait, up. Wait, 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 Sorry, I'm jumping the gun. Up it's the same lot as Back to the Future? Yes. You can see the, the clock tower. Yeah. You're and shot almost entirely in Warner Bros. Burbank Studios, not too far from where we are now. Burbank, Burbank. Oh, I wonder where that And uh, as you may know, it's very hot when it's supposed to be not hot. So, you know, you got a lot of actors dressed for very cold weather when it's actually very hot. Did you notice... You don't see their cold breaths in this movie at all. I did notice. And what I was going to say before you really interrupted was that I do look for those kind of things and I didn't see a single cold breath. Now, hold on. You say that you look for those things. Did you see their cold breaths in full metal jacket? Yes. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, fuck me, I guess. Hey, in this movie, though, they thought about it. They were like, oh, they should have cold breath. And then they went, nah. (laughs) We're oh, not, they just we're, not. We're not even gonna try. They just, oh, okay. The, whatever. 
they, they mean, won't care. I feel like it's hard to add cold breath. I think it was just too much effort. And that's like, just, you know what? That's all post Whatever. work. But also, fog machines they're, they're, in their mouth. Well, there's a thing where you get, you get a little Hear box with dry ice on it, and, you, and they put it in their mouth. Really? That's the thing. Yeah. They've done it in a lot of stuff. So they put like a little... Little piece of dry ice and like little plastic box, and you just like yeah, keep it you in the can't back have it in yeah. your mouth. But isn't dry ice like carbon dioxide? I don't know. Isn't it like if you breathe dry it's ice, like in, a, like you it's can like a die? Little, it's only a little bit, man. We all have just, a little just bit a little of poison taste. in our life. Just a little, but yeah, just a they tasting of this actually worked because when they were approaching the design for this movie, they're like, "Hey, we're going to be using puppets. They're already going to look kind of wonky. In order to use puppets, we're going to have to have a lot of sets." And like, so everything is going to look kind of fake because it's all sets. Why not just lean into it and make it look kind of like an idealized American small town, whatever. No one's got breath. It's, and that, it's fake. It's like a storybook story. It's not, it's not real. Well, storybook story. That set works really well for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I did not notice that they didn't have breaths. I, I don't. They didn't breathe. <laughs> they didn't breathe at all. Not a single one of them, intake or outtake. Now the snow is either white sand, or if the night was cold enough, they would grind up giant blocks of ice for a makeshift snow in like the close-ups. That was it. So it, it's very easy to tell it's just sand, because sand ain't snow. Facts. Now, for another thing, when they're approaching the production of this movie, they're like, hey, we want a lot of density to the saw, to the shots, right? We want a little stories and things happening. You know, away from like the central focus of the viewer. We want a lot of like gags and bits. Easter eggs. Correct. So one of them, one of the big ones is when we see the dad, he's at like the invention conference yeah, or oh whatever it is. There's a lot going on. There's, there's a time machine from there's, the book. There's a time machine time that machine. we see the dad talking. It cuts away and it cuts back. It's gone. Yeah. There's the fallout machine. robot. Which I'm sure is from other things, yeah, but yeah. I know it from Fallout. Yeah, th- yep. That's the only two that I actually uh, cared about. Um, there's a there's a bit where a man walks out of a phone booth. And he's wearing glasses, a white shirt, and a and a dark tie. That is a parody of the director Joe Dante, who would dress like that. So that's like an in joke. Also, wheeling by in a wheelchair and a leg cast, we see Steven Spielberg. Oh shit! Zipping around, he cameos. A lot going on. Also, the composer, Jerry Goldsmith, is in a phone booth just besides the dad, and he's got, like, a hat on with, like, pendulums swinging from it. Oh, I remember that guy. So it's just a lot of stuff That's going so on. fun. I like yeah, that. a lot of fun things going on. That's it for that. Neat. <laughs> what do you want more from me? Uh, special effects. All practical. All practical effects. Hallelujah. It's so fun. It's all puppets. They had about 100 puppets. They kept them all in an eighteen-wheeler, and they called it Das Box, <laughs> das which box. would be German for the box. Is that Gallagher? Oh yeah, Das mm, Box. Yeah, das Box full of Kremlins. No oh, little German boy, don't go into the weed cave. Oh my God, it's full of blunt smoking. Zach Gallagher, Billy. Yippee! Yippee! Cookie cola! Yippee! That's getting cut because I don't want to explain that one. <laughs> Um, Coca-Cola and Fortnite. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Zach Galligan, because here's a great plus of practical effects. He said acting opposite Gizmo wasn't difficult because pretending a lifelike puppet is a live animal is not harder than pretending a woman you've just met has been your wife for 15 years. You have a physical little creature thing there, 
It's easy to pretend it's alive in there when it's alive in there. Well, yeah, it's easier than acting opposite like a tennis ball. A on tennis stick. ball. I I don't know why, but you're cheesing it up over you, there, little ham man. Well, he is. You call them ham man. I know. I'm, just, I'm sorry. It's just a random riff. I <laughs> thought you were gonna say some shit like, you know, it's easy to pretend that a puppet's alive when you have to pretend that women are like equal or something. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something like. No. I thought you were gonna say something. No, that speaks volumes about you, Miles. <laughs> I just thought the bit was gonna be that like he said something god awful. No, you're just a misogynist. <clears throat> sorry, women. Um, I'm all sorry. scenes with actors and gremlins together were shot. For the first three months, then they shut down production, and uh, they had about three weeks where it was gremlins only. Ooh, is, just, just is that like shots. the scene when they take over? And just the like shots in the bar, they, and they take over. Oh, they're the in the bar. They've completely so no sound recording or anything. Just gremlins. Some of the people just went mad, <laughs> maddening for twenty four seven. They're just dealing with gremlins the whole time, and they were like, "I don't even know it's real anymore." I don't even know if this like looks good or not. I'm, it's just gremlins all the time. I can't like I can't like get over it, dude. I just I just go to sleep and that's I see how they gremlins. felt. Yeah, that's how they felt. What's the source for this? I'm curious. Documentary. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Stefan, we all know you want to be the guy in a costume. I want to be a guy in costume. You want to be the monster man. I want to be the gremlin, but I don't want to puppet the gremlin. That's what I was going to ask. So can you see yourself being a monster puppeteer? Maybe, but I don't know if I got the stomach for it, the grit to sit in a cramped space for, because they would sit like under the set for like the full 12 hour days. Sometimes they wouldn't see the puppeteers. They'd just be under there the whole day. Oh God. They would sleep under there and stuff. So I don't think I could stomach that. What if it's comfy? If it's comfy and cozy, then maybe I could. Chris Wallace was well-versed in the world of animatronics, and he was brought on during discussions of the gremlin design. What was feasible? How? Where? One of the options they considered was trained monkeys. <laughs> they, they, uh, they brought him in for testing. Apparently, it went poorly when they put gremlin heads on him. I don't think this is real, but supposedly they like tore apart an office because they got scared. Because <laughs> when you put heads on monkeys, they get mad. <laughs> Is that a good idea to do that? So they were like, okay, the monkeys aren't going to work. We're going to do puppets. They, Chris Wallace needed to design these gremlins, and he needed a cute gremlin and a not cute gremlin, but somehow make them look like they were the same creature. Use the ears as a landmark for both of them. Also gives you an opportunity to express emotion through their little ears. So good, good job, Chris Wallace, designing a creature. The big gremlins were given long arms. Because they required a lot of rotting. Hey, oh, no. Rotting is when they put a rod on the limbs and they puppet them with the rods. They also Wait. have shorter legs. Well, well, actually, real quick. Yeah. When they're. Yeah. Are the rods. Yeah. Where do the rods go? They stick them on in their arms. What I'm saying is, okay, so when you think of like rotting. Yeah. There's like, you know, the classic, it's just like in the wrist. Yeah. It'd be like on their elbows or okay, something. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. in their elbows? Yeah, oftentimes in their elbows. I didn't see any. There is like a shot or two where you can kind of see like a, a, a rod or a wire okay. or something, but it's not, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, they also had really short legs because legs are just notoriously very difficult to do in puppets. That's why in like puppets or like the Muppets, you never really see their legs because it's just, it's hard. It doesn't look good. So the shorter you keep them, kind of the better, the easier. But the hard thing about acting with Gizmo 
was that uh, you had about 15 to 30 wires that connect to Gizmo. And they would, they would have like a little hand machine that kind of looks like those hand grippers you can get to like build your hand strength. Mm-hmm. And with pressing those, you could move certain parts of the puppet. These wires would have to run up his clothes and like out a sleeve or out a collar to the actual puppet. So he'd have to be, you know, trying to act and work with all these wires like coming out of his clothes. That's why usually he's in like a backpack or something because it's easier just to do it that way. But yeah, they would have like, you know, one guy on the ears, one guy on the nose, one guy in the mouth, one guy in the head. So you've got like five guys puppeting this one thing. And, you know, trying, in unison, in unison, trying to be like, OK, turn, wink and smile. But you have each part of the head is a different man and you all have to do this kind of in sync to make it look normal. It's very difficult. It takes a lot of rehearsal and training. The voices in my head control the body perfectly in unison. I want to say perfect, man. Chris Wallace, the puppet designer, and kind of like he ended up being kind of like the lead for the team, became like a translator for Joe Dante. So Dante would be like, hey, make him sadder. Chris Wallace would then be like, give it a 40 degree turn and drop it a right on, you know, drop it a half inch on the right, you know? So he would like translate how things meant to be, especially because when you're under the set and you've got a monitor and the monitor screen is mirrored, it's very difficult to know like what you're yeah, doing. So yeah, for sure. The gremlins, uh, the the like actual mean ones, there is about, you know, like I said, like, I don't know, 80 or something of the gremlins and like 20 of like the, the fuzzy mogwai. Uh, those guys were more or less all the same. And the beauty of this was they could slap a mohawk on any of them and they would be stripe. Okay. So they could, they could just sort of interchange whichever puppet they needed to be for stripe in the time. So like that was good good choice on that part of not making them you know or they just dress them up and put lipstick on them it's not like one is locked to a certain character mm-hmm. yeah good job gizmo what about gizmo him? was not a good time oh okay oh first of all spielberg spielberg made a lot of sort of demands for the design of the gremlins he stepped in a lot which i mean cool he's like producing it but also goes like i don't know man back off a little but he was like i want you to make gizmo look like my dogs i want you to look like his, first of all, his dogs are King Charles Cavalier Spaniels. Why do you got to make them sound like little aliens? Why can't you just name them a normal name? King Charles Cavalier Spaniels? I Spaniel, that was, dude. That's not like a problem with Spielberg. That's a problem with whoever named him. No, dogs. no, that's not a problem with Spielberg. But he was like, I want you to make him as fuzzy as my dog. Same colors, too. Make it look like my dog. Okay. Why, also, the, the change of having Gizmo kind of be like the sidekick came kind of late. And he was like, hey, we made this change. Can you go ahead and make like, I don't know, 20 new puppets for this character? And they're like, okay. And then they're like, hey, Gizmo is really, really small. It's really hard to get a lot of moving parts into a very small thing. Uh, but they kept insisting, hey, it's got to stay small because he's got to be cute and marketable. So they, they jammed as many pieces in there to, you know, move as many muscles and faces and things that he did. It would break down. Oh, It'd break shit. down a lot. They'd have a lot of problems. He would very specifically uh, make this twanging, poing, spring breaking sound. And the crew sort of became Pavlovianly conditioned to react very negatively <laughs> to the sound that they heard of the twanging. And then Chris Wallace would walk up and look in the ear and go, hmm, yeah, that's going to be like seven hours. Oh. Seven, maybe that's eight hour fix. And they would go, oh my goodness. Damn. Apparently, at one point, the entire cast fell asleep waiting for them to uh, fix the puppet because <laughs> Gizmo was such an issue. 
They did for some of the close-ups where he emotes a lot. They had big versions made. Okay. So you could see more motion on his face, which meant they also had to make like really big props. Or if he's in a bed, you got to make like a big bed, you know, stuff like that. Kind of cool. Yeah. With, you know, wires being run up actors, problems with the gremlins, also just puppeting is hard. People living under the sets. They were, they were. uh, The real gremlins. The real gremlins living under the sets. They were, uh, crew needed some morale. They needed something to lift them up a little. So a horrible things to do to gizmo list was created. (laughs) Where okay. they would just sort of jot down things that, you know, horrible things they wish they could do to Gremlin or Gizmo. And the one they picked was uh, throwing darts at him as he's plastered to a wall, <laughs> which you, you see in the movie. Yeah. 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 So they put, they put that in the movie because uh, they hated Gizmo. I don't. I hate Gizmo too. Blame them. This is also the second movie we've covered where it's like an animatronic just causing a lot of trouble. Obviously, yeah. the first one being Bruce. The shark from Jaws. I was, I was mm-hmm. wondering what the hell you were Another talking Spielberg about. Another Spielberg production. Another Spielberg. Obviously, Spielberg didn't direct this. Spielberg. But hey, besides all that, everything went well. The movie like comes out. One of the first studio notes they had on like the first cut was, uh, hey, too many gremlins. You should cut some of them out. Spielberg responded by saying, yeah, you're, you're, you. you're right. Actually, you're right. We should, we should cut them all out. And uh, we should call the movie People. Did he actually say that? Actually said that. Amazing. Amazing. So so they were like, okay, Spielberg, fine. (laughs) And uh, the first preview screening of this movie was very successful. People people went berserk in the theater. They were killing each other. No. Released on June 8th of 1984, it was very successful in its first weekend. But rather than falling off the next weekend, it got more successful. In fact, on June 8th, 1984, also what came out was Ghostbusters. And these two movies were neck and neck. Just every day, one would kind of one up the other, and they would just, it would just keep going back and forth like that. By the end of its run in November, Gremlins has... That is quite a Well, run. actually, hold on. Gremlins, it made $12.5 million in its first weekend. Pretty damn good. That's a lot. Crazy. And by the end of its run in November, it had made $148 million domestically. Pretty damn good. It did pretty well. And then Ghostbusters had about $146 million. Some people, mostly parents, yuck. We hate parents. They felt a little misled. They, they saw this movie's rated PG. They see a poster of a box with a cute little gizmo opening the box in his fuzzy little hand. They get in there. They see these bitches getting iced in microwaves. Yeah. Getting their heads cut off. There's guns. People are shooting at people. A woman flies out of a window and dies. Uh-huh. And they're like, this is a little more violent than I thought I was taking my child to. And they're like, yeah. Also, what came out this year was Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, which was also rated PG. And they're like, hey, I didn't Temple know. Temple of Doom was rated PG. Was rated PG. With the whole heart thing? Yeah, and they were like, I don't know, because at this time, they only had PG or R. Also, what a year for Spielberg, first of all. It was crazy movies. A lot of, a wow, lot of movies man. came out this year. I think Scarface came out this year. A ton of movies came yeah, out this Jones, year. The second one's not amazing. The second one's not that good. I actually Wait, okay, I, I on, like but it. But anyways, they, they only, only had PG and R. They only had PG and R. And with these two movies, they were like, we need a middle ground. So they made PG-13. Huh. That that was initiated in 1984? Essentially, yeah. 
or I don't know about 1984, but it was because of these two movies that they were like, hey, maybe we should uh, find a little middle ground for, you know, our rating system. And on uh, July 1st, 1984, the Motion Picture Picture, the Motion Picture Association of America, which oversees the uh, voluntary rating system for movies, introduced a new rating, PG-13. Yeah. The first PG-13 movie was Red Dawn. Anyways, movie heavily marketed. Lunchbox, toys, training cards, bed sheets, posters, oh, you God, name it. Yeah. Furbies, which would come much later, were actually inspired by Gremlins. Hmm. That's Can't it. Totally I'm done. It. Really? That's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. Um, Rather unceremonious end, yeah, but all who right. Cares, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun because I got a lot to talk about about the actual movie. Okay, I got a lot. Keep it short. I mean, I got some trivia. You want that now? Go th- yeah, let's go. You the want that now? now. Yeah. Not what a lot. The fuck. Um, the expanding fluff balls are just balloons with hair on them. You know, oh. when they come off his back, just little balloons. Huh. The cinema yeah, kind of gross. Very gross. Yeah. And he's sitting there writhing in pain, going. Yeah, he was really and then suffering. They're like coming off his back, he was in pain. The explosion broke a window somewhere on Universal. Okay. And uh, Corey Feldman was cast before Billy's character was actually aged up, which explains why this rather old man is hanging out with a, uh, not an old man, but a man is hanging out with a 14-year-old boy. How, how old is Billy? Uh, it doesn't, I actually couldn't find anything specifying his age. Because I thought he was I'm like guessing, 16, I'm but then it was like all 20. of a sudden he was working at a bank, and I was he's like. He's like 20-something, who hangs out with a 14-year-old. kind of. But way. he also still like lives at home, so I was very confused by his age. Yeah. I mean, I kind of always figured it was like a young guy yeah. trying to support his family. Yeah. But uh, also, just a fun thing, Mrs. Deagle's office, if you look at her office hours, she's only open 45 minutes a day. Hmm. Kind of silly. There's a lot of in-jokes, like there's a there's a guy named Dr. Moreau, which if you know the book Island of Dr. Moreau is about a guy who does experiments on animals and makes weird little gremlin things. Little hybrids? So. Uh, like in Spy Kids. Yeah, like Spy Kids. Yes. That's it. That's all I got. I, yeah, I'm done. What do you guys think? Cool. I... There were so many points in the movie where I was like, what the fuck is going on, dude? So this was the first time you've seen it. This is the first time I've seen Gremlins. Um, it's just constant. Just constant me being like, what the hell? Holy shit. The, the, in the very beginning when a girl gets absolutely demolished by a snowball. Yeah. Uh, the point where the, the fuckers got guns. <laughs> and they're in the bar yeah they just have they have guns and then it's just like it's just bits of like look gremlins playing poker look, oh that my one, favorite my that favorite, one likes jazz my favorite one is the frank sinatra gremlin <laughs> who's like brooding over in a yeah. corner by himself and he's just sitting there and then smoking one just a has cigarette. puppets and he's like <laughs> meh, 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 meh. and they went with that bit they're like ah, that's a good one <laughs> so i guess funny. the puppet bit is like maybe self-referential as them being puppets yeah um Fuck the what was his name? The main kid, Billy, Billy Peltzer. Billy? Fuck him. He's irresponsible. Terrible. Oh my god! You have three. There's three rules. How hard can it be? I will say, I feel like uh, his father is is a little bit more to blame. His father told him the rules. His father. Did I will nothing. say though, that's like a full time job to watch these guys. Yeah. So I to give a kid be like, here's a fun thing with like you can't keep your eye off him. Yeah. That's kind of a. No, no. The second water spills on Gizmo and you get the five others, I would have been like, I got to euthanize them. Yeah, I, that's what <laughs> I, I said. I was like, well, son, you've got some stopping to do. 
like you got you can't have this you can't you can't do I'm, that i'm gonna go work on my euthanizing invention right now <laughs> oh my god you it's the, the it's the one rule and you broke it and now you're just like oh sweet this is awesome i'm so glad let me do it again let me go to my science teacher and be like check this out and he didn't even tell him yeah like dude Kill him. Put him in the sunlight. Just goof off. I don't know. Put him in a microwave. Love. Right. <laughs> okay. I have some thoughts, which is... I, I have seen this movie before, but I didn't watch it as a kid, like, growing up. So I don't really have, like, a connection to it. So I'd definitely say I'm more indifferent to the movie. Um, I do really like the practical effects. I think it's very fun. But... I will say movies where the premise is kind of ultimately that people are just ignoring rules or making stupid mistakes to set off this horrible chain of events always kind of irritate me just because it just means people are stupid. Yeah. Unless it's done in like a, you know, a relatable way. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously immediately, I mean, I've seen it before. Most people know the premise of the movie, but, you know, immediately at the, at the beginning when it's like, here are the three rules, you know, the rules are going to be broken and it's broken in the most stupid way. Yeah. And that's always that always will bug me, but I also know that it's a very good plot device to move the story forward. Um, I will say, Billy's mom, a badass. She, she went Rambo, dude. She remembered her time in Vietnam. Yeah, she, immediately she kicked into drive. She does. <laughs> she, she does not hesitate. No, and she ices through them like in no time flat. Mm-hmm. She almost single-handedly of, solved the problem. Puts one yeah. of them in like the little blender thing. Yeah, yeah and, and then goes around like a carousel. Around. Yeah, it's I mean incredible. One of my favorite sequences. She's just such because you don't expect that of her character at all. Yeah, and then she just like kicks ass. It's great. Do the gremlins have gender? Because they reproduce asexually. I don't think Because there so. is one that has lipstick on. My question is, is that a female? Or I is think, it a male in drag? Think, or is there no gender and that one just prefers to present femininely? Well, the kind of <laughs> the kind of bit with them. And there was a bit where uh, Chris Wallace was on set when they're doing the Christmas carolers bit. Where he was like, I get it. I get it. They're, they're just parodies of people. That's the bit. They're just pretending to be people. So they are, they're nothing. They're nothing. They're just mimicking people. That's why they're wearing clothes and stuff. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't it's think as simple they're, as that. They're just gremlins. They're just they don't have things. any, they don't have anything else to do besides gremlin. They're gremin. I don't just really have anything. It's just the way I'm grem different. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say that you guys haven't already said other than, yeah, it's bonkers. I'm surprised they got away with what they did. I want to see the rated R version. It's crazy. It's yeah. some kooky shit in there. The There's mom some dies kooky in the rated R version? Yeah, she gets decapitated. Jesus and the dog Christ. gets eaten. You know what my issue with the movie Gremlins is? What, Miles? Oh, bitch got sad because he got hit with a baseball. He gets hit with a baseball in the back and falls over I mean, like he a goes, coward. Uh, little Billy goes, uh, oh. He gets hit with one bolt from the and tiniest the- crossbow ever. And he goes, oh, I'm defeated. Just like man up, man. Beat its head in with a baseball bat. Call it a day. Yes. Yeah, his mom did better. Yeah, honestly. Dude sucks. He's a coward. What is he? All he does in the whole movie is fuck up. What's one good thing he did? Oh, yeah. Now we should all do gremlin impressions before we do the rating. 
He couldn't even con. He couldn't Miles even comfort somebody when they're like, "My dad." No, you're died. right. He was just he's like, looking well, around for he other did things. Nothing. He's like picking. <laughs> out, he's like picking out the wall. Like, <laughs> this old dad story again. Boring snooze fest. Dude, I ha- oh god, I hate him so much. Yeah. I and then he, at the end, he's like, "I miss, I miss him so much. I'm gonna miss you." Fuck you. You tortured him at one point. Also, can you think about how much property damage he caused? Oh my, he blew up a movie theater. And destroyed like half the town. cool, but like. This would be traumatizing. How do you know to do it? And then then the fact that it's like kind of covered up. Yeah. Yeah, you have to live your life being like, the gremlins. The gremlins. (laughs) Rating. I'm going to give this movie six oddly small guns that fit in the hands of a gremlin <laughs> out yeah. of 10. Okay. Why the gun small? They did seem like they were scaled down for some reason. I yeah. also thought that as well. Yeah, weird. Mariah? I I think I'm going to do the same rating as Miles. I think I'm going to go six lifeless legs spinning in a blender out of 10. Yeah. And I think because... It is fun. I would not consider it a must-watch or well, actually, I would definitely encourage people to watch it because it is just so iconic. It's so goofy. But but I but I mean like specifically for like Christmas time. I don't think it's necessarily a Christmas classic that you need to rewatch every year. No. I'm sure for some people it is, but I think also again nostalgia plays a big factor in that for me, and that's not there. Um, and so I think I'm just going to give it a six out of ten. Maybe a 6.5 just because of all the practical effects that were pretty cool. Yeah. It was really well done. Um, I like that a lot. So I think if you're scrolling through Hulu, HBO Max, and your cursor lands on Gremlins. And you haven't seen it before. And you haven't seen it before. Click it. Watch it. Yeah. But don't go out of your way to watch Gremlins. I would suggest giving right, it a this watch. This is my rating, not yours. So mm, <laughs> I don't know okay. about that one. I but. give it 6. Out of ten, what was that? They make that noise. They make a meowy noise. Do they? They go like twenty times. Yeah, they do. You hear it like in the background. They go six out of ten. Feed me. Um, Hungry. I'm gonna brown. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's like a fun movie. It's not like great. I did watch it as a kid, but I'm not like super attached to it. You know, I don't actually have much nostalgia. Just kind of middle of the road. I, I was well, not middle of the road, but like it's fun time. Yeah. Is it? All right. Now, Amazing. now for our gremlin impressions to take us home. I'll go first. I'm gonna not do. I'm gonna do a Mogwai impression. Okay. Go for which it. Which is um when Billy is playing the piano. No. Oh, okay. Thank you. Disappointing. Thank you. <laughs> I wish I wish we recorded like a video of this because Miles and Stefan just keep leaning into their mics and then pulling back because they don't know what to say. <laughs> what to say is a gremlin. I don't. I shoot you. Oh my god. Got that motherfucking thing on me. I got blicky. All right, that's all. Mariah, where can we watch us? Listen, listen, listen. Please don't correct me on that ever. 
Well, in between episodes, well, even during episodes, you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter and we are on Instagram. If you just... Unless you're driving. Yeah, if you're driving, don't... don't. Keep keep your ass on the road, buddy. Get the fuck away from your phone. Yeah, put, put, put that finger down. Hand on the wheel. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at just the takes it took. Not just the takes it took. Sorry, it's at the takes it took. And then if you have any uh, suggestions, comments, concerns, corrections, any of that kind of stuff, you can shoot us an email at the takes it took at gmail.com. Um, now, normally, Stefan would uh, ask me what movie we're doing next for the next Stephen, episode. Do it, do it, do it Stefan. Ask her. Hey, Mariah, what movie are we doing next? <laughs> it, would, it would sound something like that. But we're actually doing a special episode for the next, uh, the next time you hear from us. We are going to be doing a kind of a year in review where we talk about movies that we've seen for the first time this year. Um, maybe new releases. We're going to talk about our favorites, least favorites. Uh, we, we're going to have some kooky categories like uh, best lips, um, most surprising, goofiest movie we've watched. So um, it'll be a little bit different next time, but we hope you enjoy it just as much. And uh, until then, have fun, watch movies, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. This has been The Takes It Took with Stefan Fonseca. With <clears throat> this has been The Take. <clears throat> no. All right. Hey, thanks for coming. Ha <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 You're kind of doing the same note as me, but it's okay. <laughs> I thought we had it. I thought that was the goal. I don't think there was ever a goal about the notes. It I thought we were harmonizing. Uh, the whole point was that we do like a quartet thing. Do you want to try it again? No, it's fine. I think it's funny. Okay. Okay. okay, okay, okay all right. Okay. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it.